Engaging Atheism on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, we're talking about the problem of atheism, the problem of unbelief, and how to engage a culture where the unbelief of atheism is increasingly in the forefront of what we're dealing with as Christians. Our guest on the podcast this week, I'm happy to say, is Sean McDowell. He is a professor of apologetics at the Talbot School of Theology and an author and a man who has spent a lot of time engaging atheists. And so we're really glad that you're here with us this week on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I want to ask you a few questions about this issue of engaging atheists. And the first question is, what are some of the reasons that Christians are intimidated about engagement with atheists? This is a great question, because I found a lot of Christians are intimidated. That's the best word, to have conversations, to read their books. And I think the main reason is because Christians don't really know what they believe and why. Hmm. And studies have actually shown recently that atheists know more about world religions. They know more actually facts related to religion than Christians do. So I think since we've, in the church, a lot of times love God with our hearts, love God with our souls, but don't really love God with our minds and take seriously questions like, why does God allow evil? How do we know the Bible's true? How do science and faith intersect? How is Jesus the only way? We're afraid that an atheist is going to press us on this. We won't have an answer, and we'll kind of look bad. So as a result, we just hang back. So to me, I think one of the most helpful things to gain the confidence to not be intimidated is just simply to know we believe in why. But second, also a lot of Christians are intimidated because they don't know any atheists. Mm. They've seen stereotypes, they've read their tweets, they've seen their blogs, so they feel like a certain stereotype of an atheist might hate Christians or something. That's a stereotypical view. And so since they don't actually know them, it's a class rather than individuals. So knowing what you believe and then taking the time to build relationships with people, realize you'll have much more in common with them than you do difference. Let me come at that a different direction, because some Christians are not intimidated at all by atheists, and they come at atheists from a very different direction, and they wind up saying and doing things that are embarrassing at best and unbiblical at worst. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen Christians make after they get over any intimidation that they have about engaging an atheist? Now they're having the conversation. Now they're asking the questions. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see Christians make in that context? Well, we are supposed to argue for our faith. But we're not supposed to be argumentative. Those are very different things. Sometimes on the flip side, as you indicated, people get so much knowledge that it puffs up, Mm -hmm. and they're just waiting for an opportunity to prove that the atheist is wrong. That's just as much of a mistake as not having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're supposed to speak truth, but Scripture makes it clear we're supposed to speak that truth in love. So I actually tell people, I say, if you're going to study apologetics and learn it, but you're not really motivated, number one, to have your own understanding grow, and number two, to be a voice of love to people, then don't even get into conversations. You're going to do more harm than you are good. So really what apologetics does is it's just a ministry of helping Christians who have questions and doubt 
or clearing away roadblocks for non-believers so they can understand and see who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. That's it. So I think the mistakes are when people just want to win an argument, want to prove how smart they are, rather than really love people and help them understand truth. So you've got a super kind Christian who engages atheists, but they say stupid things. If you were king and you could banish some things, a thing that you hear Christians say all the time to atheists that you think, maybe they say it in love, but when they say it, it does more harm than good. What would you banish Christians from saying? Gosh, that's a tricky one. You know what's interesting, though? Even though we say dumb things, I think God still uses it. And I can tell you stories of this. Okay. So I don't want Christians to feel like I've got to have all these answers lined up and figured out before I engage. Okay. I think that's also a mistake that people make. But I guess in principle, it's not just one thing Christians say. Mm-hmm. We get caught up on secondary issues that don't matter as much. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say one probably controversial to your audience. Okay. okay. We will die on the issue of evolution. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's unimportant. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus is God and he rose from the grave and evolution happened in some fashion, Christianity is still true. The heart of my faith is in who Jesus is and that Jesus is risen from the grave. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't personally believe in evolution, and it raises very important questions. Historical Adam, how old is the earth? I'm not saying those are unimportant. Right. But sometimes we get caught up with atheists trying to disprove certain things and talking about secondary issues. When it's all said and done, I don't want to say, who is Jesus? What does that mean for your life? And then we can get to these important but secondary issues. Good. Okay. What are the main reasons why someone is an atheist? It's important for Christians to realize that people can be atheists for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Now, if you ask someone why they're not a believer, they'll almost always give you intellectual reasons. And I think it sounds more sophisticated to give that answer. And I think that's a part of it. But interestingly enough, there was a study about skeptics in college, and this was in uh, the Atlantic Monthly. And they interviewed atheists. And most of them said it was around the ages 14 to 15 years old. And their atheism began when they had an emotional experience. Mm. One girl said, the day my abusive father died, I stopped believing in God. Mm. So many people are atheists because they've been hurt. They've never had a loving father. So the idea of a heavenly father is just, it's not even appealing or attractive to them. In fact, there was a massive study by a psychologist named Paul Vitz of some of the greatest atheists of all time. Mm. Freud, Nietzsche, Marx, mm-hmm. Camus, he said they all had a dead, distant, or harsh father, mm-hmm. all of them. So there can be relational, there can be emotional, there can be experiential reasons. Somebody goes to church and feels like Christians are hypocrites. It can be moral reasons. I've had, I had somebody straight up tell me the most honest thing. He goes, I don't have any objections to what you're telling me about God, but why would I give up some belief when I have 10 girls I'm texting who will regularly sleep with me. He just owned it. So, I mean, I've never seen somebody so honest. I'm like, wow, thank you for your honesty. So the bottom line is, if I'm speaking to an atheist, I want to find out what's the heart of your reason. Is it really intellectual? Okay, let's talk about it. Is it really moral? Let's talk about it. Is it experiential? 
So it's important not to just assume, well, all atheists have a problem with this. Every individual atheist is unique. Everyone has a story. By listening to them and trying to get to the heart of it, we can at least best address it, but also realize sometimes it's spiritual blindness. Well, and that gets right to the issue of what we're concerned about in a ministry like at ACBC, where we're thinking about counseling ministry, because it teaches us that we, we need to listen to folks and hear them out. Uh, we want to we want to get to know people, and in the context of a relationship, that's going to teach us that maybe our most important argument is not what Genesis one says about the days of creation, but is what Jesus does in the midst of the pain of the loss of a father. I th- I think that's right. That's powerful. And, th- and one of the people often ask me, so how do I minister to an atheist? And I say probably the same way you would to anybody. Mm-hmm. Listen. I mean, my dad's taught me. He goes, it's more important to understand than to be understood. Mm. Isn't that a powerful way? We always want to be understood. And he's taught me, if I'm speaking with somebody, tell me your story. Where are you from? Do you believe in God? Why not? Mm. What's your understanding of the gospel? What are the big questions that you have? And are you open? Can I try to help with this? And I've had people say, no. I say, great, then I'm not going to waste my time. (laughs) Let's go watch a basketball game. Fine. When you're open, let's have this conversation. And other people, when we really listen and show genuine interest in them, I think would be amazed at how many would be open to us just sharing the gospel. Yeah. You know, I think about how Jesus, he let the rich young ruler walk away. Mm. And he didn't go, wait, make it a half. Or how about 25%? <laughs> I mean, he just let him walk away. Mm. And I, I have probably 15 or 20 stories where mm. people that I've known uh, who were resistant to having a conversation about the Bible, about Jesus Christ, about sp- even spiritual things, when you let them walk away but show love to them in a different direction, uh, they've warmed up, and I've always been able to have at least a good relationship with those people. But here's the key. When they're open, mm-hmm. which often means something goes bad in their life mm. and they start asking questions, yeah. are you the person they'll come to because you're thoughtful and because you're loving. That's the question I ask myself of people in my world. If they're not interested in God, when they are, am I going to come to their mind, and are they going to call me? Yeah. Yeah, we have said, uh, even here in our office, we've had people who've kind of run away from the faith, run away from Mm -hmm. the Lord, and what I've said to folks is, hey, you love them so well that when they get done with their prodigal life, they remember that nobody, when they were over there, loved them as well as we loved them, and they'll come back. That's beautiful. Love it. What about parents and children? We're thinking about a new generation coming behind here. What are some things parents can do with their kids to equip them for this kind of culture we're in? First thing, parents need to equip and train themselves. Mm -hmm. We can only pass on to kids what we first have. Second is create a climate in which culture and questions are invited within your family. They're okay. When you look at a lot of studies like Sticky Faith— from a Care Power Fuller Theological Seminary, a lot of kids who leave the faith said, I never felt permission to ask questions. Mm. I never felt room to doubt. So doubt itself is not caustic to a faith, but it's unexpressed doubt that eats faith away. So create a climate in which questions are welcome. And then third, be intentional with your kids. Mm -hmm. So I'll see movies with my kids. I'll engage them in conversation. Yeah. Uh, Something comes up in the news, I'm always sharing it with my kids. I send my kids the best conference. I'll give a plug, Summit Ministries. Wonderful. If your kids are 16 to 22, send them. (laughs) Send them to Summit. It's 12 days. Game-changing worldview experience for students. (laughs) So taking advantage of those resources, being very intentional, 
is the way to do it with your kids. Good. You and your father spent three years updating and revising evidence that demands a verdict. This was such a joy because everywhere I go, somebody will talk to me about either God used that book to draw them to faith or keep them within the faith when they had questions. Mm -hmm. So to partner with my dad to update this for a new generation was really humbling. I wanted to get it right because so many people (laughs) rely on this book. But we got uh, 12 leading scholars in the world, Craig Blomberg, Mike Lacona, people like that, Mm. and 36 grad students to research, edit, write, and put together one volume Mm. where somebody could have it either to read or as a reference how we know the Bible's true, Jesus rose from the grave, uh, Jesus is the Son of God. The Old Testament events happened. Yeah. How, what's a single resource that brings all that evidence together? And I feel really good about it. Yeah. I mean, it's done well, and it just says that people are asking these tough questions today. So that's the book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, that just came out this past fall and has already actually sold more than the, the publisher projected for the full year. Mm. Which just kind of tells me it's yeah. it's hit a nerve. Yeah, people are having these questions, and we got to be ready to share that with our kids. Well, I have an old golden red yeah. dog-eared <laughs> yes. one, uh, but today I'm going to get uh, this new one. So uh, looking forward to it. And you know what? It's about seventy percent new. Oh, great. So to give some context, I asked my dad, he's been like 55 years with Crusade. Mm. I said, when you first started really in the 50s and 60s researching the evidence, how does that compare with the evidence we have today? I'll never forget what he said. He goes, son, we have a tsunami of evidence. Mm. That's so encouraging. That is encouraging. That's encouraging. Well, you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you'd like more information about Sean McDowell's ministry, then you can visit him at seanmcdowell.org. And if you'd like more information about ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.